is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What is going on, everybody? Happy Saturday, and welcome to uh, a little impromptu pop-up edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk live from Winnipeg Jets Fan Fest. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you here. And, uh, man, we have had such a great day. This has uh, been an amazing turnout of Winnipeg Jets fans here for the annual Fan Fest. Lots going on on the ice and lots going on off the ice. Got a chance to get the first look at the Jets' new third jersey which will fire up in just a moment. Uh, Mike McIntyre is going to jump on with us in a few minutes as well. Talk about uh, what we've uh, been seeing on the ice as uh, training camp continues. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, our pal Kyle Ballhary from uh, the uh, Jets as well is here. We just kind of finished up all the uh, tech stuff with the uh, launch of the jersey. So we'll have balls pop by a little later on and a look ahead to the home opener and uh, everything else he and his staff have cooking. For the upcoming season, uh, Remo, what's going on? Uh, have you enjoyed yourself? Is your arm tired from signing so many autographs? Yeah, this has been great coming out, meeting so many people uh, who are listeners, signed a couple autographs. We handed out a bunch of stickers here. This has been a blast. So really happy to be part of FanFest. Thanks to the Jets. Uh, I've done a great job, uh, you know, letting us come here and set up and uh, meet everyone. This has been a great time and uh, a great kickoff to the, you know, the upcoming Jet season. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is, uh, I mean, just for us, I mean, from Winnipeg Sports Talk perspective, I mean, just a great chance for us to, um, you know, kind of get out there and, you know, see and meet a lot of, uh, you know, our regular listeners and viewers in person. And I got to tell you, I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> And we've talked to fans that love the show from 70 to 7 today. And, uh, yeah. and, and and it's been really neat. I mean, obviously, we're quite familiar with many of the regulars that are in the chat each and every day. Um, but, man, we've met so many new folks today. And, uh, you know, the one common denominator is everyone seems to be having a lot of fun. By the way, listen, we are Winnipeg. We are Winnipeggers. We all have great deals. M. Remus approved deals as well in yeah. the Jets Pro Shop. I have to admit, I did a little shopping today and uh, got a few good things for the upcoming season. Uh, Jersey folks, and, and I guess we'll get to this in just a second. Um, but they planned this out very well. They had all the fans here. They launched the new jersey, and then as people were leaving the other rink where the announcement was made, Dave Blackmore and his staff were rolling out all the new ones for people that wanted to be the first one to get it. So, uh, lots going on. Well, you know, we'll focus on the hockey club and what's happening on the ice and stories around the team with Mike in a second. Uh, Remo, but let's take a chance to uh, show everyone these jerseys for the first time. I'm sure most people have probably seen them from either watching the announcement live or on Twitter. Um, but here it is, gang. Your first look on WST at this new third jersey, the baby blue, the Rondell logo, this is a Cole Perfetti, pretty sick names and numbers, um, based on the 1948 Olympic champions from the RCAF. Um, Mark Chipman spoke to this earlier today, um, but you know, and it's some interesting backstories about when they decided to go with the name Jets. Um, you know, obviously with the uniforms and to give it all meaning, um, you know, there was a connection with the, uh, the uh, it was, uh, what is it, 17 wing 
here in Winnipeg in the RCAF, and obviously an incredible hockey history with the RCAF, with the team being named the Jets. There was a lot of connection there, and, uh, you know, that jersey, I can tell you, uh, you know, there's been sort of different variations of this a couple times with the Moose. The first one was, I believe, in 2008, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say it was the most popular third jersey the Moose did over a long period of time. And they actually did another version of this with the um, the Angry Moose logo in the 21-22 season. But as far as truly bringing that, you know, kind of Air Force history of the Jets together with the jersey, um, this is the first time we'll see it in the National Hockey League. I believe the team's going to be wearing it three times this year. Um... And we'll find out a little bit more from Balls when he pops by about all of that. But uh, as usual, Reem, with anything that is announced or new, and I thought Connor did a great tweet on this, uh, uh, reaction is everything from awesome to awful, and there's never any in between. So if you like it, they're on sale. If not, don't worry about it. They're only wearing it three times. Yeah, it was pretty well done. <laughs> they announced the jersey, and literally after they announced it, people are putting them on the racks there <laughs> at the Jets gear. And I, I think they look sharp. Uh, I, like, I like the baby blue. We need a baby blue, and I think maybe there's more to it than uh, the Aviator. I like how it has the Jets logo. Um, the numbering, I'm a big guy, Huss, when it comes to jerseys. Unique uh, number fonts, and this hits the mark. And they are going to be wearing the black, what, the brown gloves? Like, you know, yeah, like this is going to be made to look old school. I mean, again, this modeled after the 1948 Olympic champions. And uh, uh, as we understand, and yeah, you can see that uh, that picture uh, that Adam Lowry's wearing in the uh, in the pit, the the fly of the forty eight, um, wearing those brown gloves. So I think it'll be a great look. I love all the hot takes, one way or the other, um, coming right out of the gate. Um, but as you say, as you can see it a little bit more yeah, if you expand that photo for the folks, um, the uh, the the gloves, the uh, brown gloves. Uh, to go along with this. I'm not sure about the pant look for the entire uniform, uh, but there it is. Fly the 48 with uh, with big Adam Lowry doing the uh, doing the thing. So, um, so yeah, overall, I mean, I, listen, I have to admit, I sort of have, uh, I did have a little sneak preview, so I knew what this was going to be, but when I knew that it was going to be designed um, somewhat after that 1948 Olympic champion bit, Reem. Yeah. Um, a, uh, and it came as uh, delivered. And, you know, certainly the people here, for the most part, everyone that I talked to seemed to really like them. And the minute you start diving into the social media streets, there'll always be some, some folks that maybe are on the other side. But, um, uh, but yeah, overall, there uh, they are. And uh, I did see many flying off the uh, off the shelves, uh, along with uh, all the other great deals that uh, the, uh, the pro shop had set up on that other rink. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on here, Huss. We're at the rink with the Fun Zone rink. There's a bunch of bouncy castles and brand activations. I guess this is a, our official, like our first brand activation. Huss. We're handing out stickers. Brand ma- activation. Magnets. We're getting all the That's a marketing all term. marketing terms. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> then the other rink, what they had the stage, some interviews. I know Chevy and Rick Bonus uh, are going to be going later. So this is an awesome. Oh, yeah. And also, guys on the ice practices, uh, people lining up, uh, getting the chance to see their favorite player. Uh, I mean, it was such a, I had to walk through the path where, you know, it was so many people here. Uh, this is awesome to see. So we have a giant sample of Jet Dog 
Yeah, that's on my upcoming to-do list. Yeah, I wanted to do... Uh, I definitely wanted to get in on a jet dog, but we've just been a little bit too busy. Um, but hey, shout out to everybody in chat. Um, you know, I know we just sort of pulled this thing off and uh, fired it up and we were going to do it at a particular time and then it was a bit later because of everything going on. But shout out to, uh, oh, there's Bailey. And Bailey came by today. Hey, Bailey doing double duty. I'm not sure if she's here watching the show on her phone from <laughs> we just here saw her. or was just here. We got to see Bailey and both of her parents. We met her mom before, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, dad of Bailey, great to meet him. Um, and man, I mean, the list of uh, WST uh, listeners and viewers to, that have popped by to say hi is too long to uh, to mention, but shout out to everyone that came by and uh, great to see that. You Speaking of brand activation, shout out to some of our hardcores, uh, Bridget, Phyllis, the gang. Lots of WST merch running around, which was always a very nice thing to see as well. Yeah, I saw Dallas. Uh, Paul came by. We signed a picture. Uh, he printed out a glossy yeah, photo. Yeah, from Costco. Yeah, printed out a glossy photo of us, signed it. Um, yeah, there's so many people here. It's been awesome shaking hands. And, again, even people who saw, hey, Winnipeg Sports Talk, what is that? And, you know, we have business cards that you handed out with a nice QR code, links to everything. So, uh, if you were here, folks, fun. you could have come and got some of these great WST stickers. <laughs> I didn't even know Remus ordered all this stuff, but uh, I'm I here was for ready. It. I was ready. Kids are loving it. And just before we get to uh, get to Mike, uh, what I, <laughs> for you, and again, folks, obviously you can't see, but we are 10 feet away from, I guess this is the big family. I know they're not calling it beer pong. It's something else pong, but it's in sort of an inflatable. There's the big bouncy castle, the slide. You must. This must be the first time in the last five years that you've been anywhere close to these things and been able to basically relax and do something other than either chasing around yes. or being on those items yourself. I think my wife is coming with uh, my son, and this is the time to come because everyone kind of clear, yeah. cleared out, so I don't think there's going to be as huge lines for these bouncy uh, bouncy castles as there were maybe earlier. No doubt. Uh, and the event does go till 3. So, I mean, if you are sitting there watching going, eh, I mean, now actually would be the time to go. I mean, I think we sort of hit the peak. Yeah. Certainly with the announcement and people will be heading out. Um, there's still a ton of merch and tons of great deals in the uh, from the uh, from the pro shop on the other side. And uh, and of course we've got another uh, on ice session that is going to be getting going a little later on, and that'll go right until three. So it might be a veteran move to come a little bit late today and uh, jump in on that. Um, we are going to uh, bring Mike McIntyre in in just a minute. Uh, and then, as I said, our uh, balls will pop by a little later on. We'll uh, get uh, his take uh, from uh, the game production marketing side. The, uh, no one's more excited for the start of the season than Kyle, so I'm looking forward to having him on it. And of course, Kyle goes back to the Moose days as well, as do I. So I do remember kind of the, uh, the origination of these jerseys back in about 2008. Um, we are going to have to uh, turn the camera, which we will in a minute, but... Uh, we can, via audio, welcome in Mike McIntyre, and uh, Michael will uh, head things around. What, uh, what's going on there, uh, Mr. McIntyre? Busy day down here, Huss. I, uh, I was a bit of a salmon swimming upstream, just trying to... I got on the wrong side of the, uh, of the walk that the Jets were doing between rinks here, and 
uh, had to wait for uh, traffic to clear to get over here. Uh, it was a little nutso. It was a little Gre- nuts. Great turnout for this and event. And <laughs> it didn't help that Nate Schmidt stopped and posed for about 100 selfies. <laughs> um, a true man of the people. Uh, Rick Bonus, Rick Bonus did as well, um, and Adam Lowry uh, just a couple minutes ago got a, a hero's welcome. Uh, they love the new captain around here. So, uh, yeah, it's it is. I, I just saw a kid in a Bufflin jersey go into the. Uh, I don't know if this is the bouncy castle. I'm trying to envision the damage Buff could have done in a bouncy <laughs> castle. Um, this kid doesn't have the size of the uh, original Buff. Um, elbows up in the bouncy castle for sure. <laughs> it, uh, you know, it's a great. We we all covered this team husk, you know, a couple of years during the COVID seasons when <laughs> we were doing, you know, interviews by Zoom with the players. Obviously, all of this didn't happen for a couple of years, and the team, in a way, lost, you know, lost that contact with the community, which everyone who born and raised here in Winnipeg, I mean, you know how important that is to the Jets. And so a day like this, you're kind of reminded of what the Jets mean to this community because you see it everywhere, uh, just the excitement and and the kids, uh, you know, seeing their, their hockey heroes up close and personal. And, of course, the big, uh, the big jersey announcement today, which I got to laugh, Huss. It is just... <laughs> Social media in a microcosm. I just took a quick peek at a few of my, the first replies to my tweet about the jersey. There's, I haven't seen a single, I'm not sure what I think about it. I'm going to give it some time. It's either, I absolutely love it, it's the greatest thing ever, or what an abomination. And there's no middle ground. People feel... Uh, it's just the hot takes. I, I said uh, that, that to Reem. I said that to Reem. I mean, people around here, for the most part, of uh, the you know that we've talked to, have been around and really liked it. Um, and, and especially, I think, if you were there for the presentation, yeah. seeing what went into it. Sure. I mean, the connection between the Jets and the RCAF and the incredible history of that 1948 Olympic champion team. Yeah. Um, you know, might add a little bit more as opposed to just randomly putting this out. There's a lot that's going yeah. into it. Uh, I mean, I think anyone that remembers. Yeah, the Moose, you know, pre-Jets did such a great job of coming up with some creative third jerseys and wearing them. And that one in 2008, which I think is really the prototype yeah. for this one, certainly was the uh, was now, the most popular. But I'm, I'm the exact same with you. I mean, it's either 10 out of 10 yeah. or minus 15 minus out of 10. And there is no in-between. <laughs> but that's when, you, when you're mixing it up in these social media streets, Mike, uh, not a lot of... A lot of just, uh, you know, reasoned no. both Measured sides. Takes. It's either all coming in hard on one side <laughs> or the other. Now, for those who want, the Jets are only wearing these three times this season. Uh, they're, they're still going to have the Heritage jersey as the official third sweater. And they're wearing those 11 times. I know Yeah. I, I, I get the sense people in this community, if you were to take a poll, I think by and large the majority really like the Heritage sweaters. Um, remember the Aviator jerseys? Has the Jets were terrible in those jerseys? They like they like lost all the time. Those have disappeared entirely. Uh, but yeah, so eleven times in the Heritage, three times in these uh, uh, these new uh, alternate sweaters, and then I guess the remaining games in their regular home blues. Um, of course, it's what the team looks like on the ice. Uh, 
in terms of the uh, between the whistle play than what they're sporting that I suspect at the end of the day most fans care about. Uh, but it looked like there was a big line for purchases of the new jerseys. They, of course, have them on hand here. Well, the so. timing was amazing. I mean, they had those ready. You know what? They did a pretty darn good job. Usually, when there's something like this being put out, you know, whether it's somebody where they're getting made or they're getting yeah. thrown out, I mean, they... You know, they didn't leak beforehand. Um, you know, the team did a good job of, I think, they kind did. of keeping it under wraps. And then, uh, you know, got a chance to debut it today. And, uh, yeah, certainly, uh, you know, if, if you're judging by the people that are here and that are lined up to buy them, great stuff. Pretty but again, good reception. You could, there's pretty literally nothing that there won't be some people that will shit on all, all over <laughs> on social media. So. For sure. And, and to be perfectly honest with you, I... Regardless of whether I love it, hate it, whatever, certainly not going to get too excited and take it to the social media streets for a jersey that's going to be worn for three games. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's certainly not worth losing any sleepover if you're on the camp of, you know, you're not a big fan of them. Um, so anyways, those are there to do. We'll talk a little bit more about them with Kyle Ball here. He'll pop by a little later on, probably at around 1.30. And, uh, you know, we're going to put together probably 45 minutes, an hour or so from this event. Um, but just before we talk about what's happening on the ice, you sort of mentioned the crowds. Um, it really does feel like we're on the verge of a season. And, and this is such a cool event because this is not something you could pull off or put no. together during the regular season. And you know what? I think it's great, too, from a from a player standpoint. I got a chance to talk to Gabriel Velarde a little bit earlier. Um, and we're going to probably put that together for the show on Monday. Um, but just before we actually got into the uh, the conversation, you were just mentioning you know, how cool it was to see how many people were here, the general excitement around it. And, you know, especially for, I mean, never mind the guys that are on the team right now, right. but for the young players, the prospects, you know, it's a little different than a Thursday morning at the start of camp when you have around here. And, uh, you know, I think everyone here gets a little bit of a taste, a little bit of feeling about just how important this team is to this community. And, um, you know, a perfect opportunity to see the passion that uh, Winnipeg Jet fans do have for their team. Yeah, we we saw a little bit of this uh, during summer development camp with the, the rookies, the draft picks, that sort of thing. This is like summer development camp on steroids now uh, because there's, you know, 10 times the crowd down here than there was for development camp. And, of course, all the big stars are here. And you're right. It's, uh, <laughs> hey, I mean, there's been a lot of talk lately about Winnipeg as how attractive of a market is it for players. And uh, it's come up again, of course, because of the Connor Hellebuck, Mark Shifley situations. Um Connor Hellebuck certainly put to rest anybody who thinks that Connor Hellebuck just wants to get out of Winnipeg because he doesn't like it here. He couldn't have been more explicit yeah. the other day how much he loves as an outdoorsman. Um, this community has what he loves. And even Alex Iafalo, my new colleague, Kenny Weeb, had a great one-on-one -on -one with Alex yesterday. This is a guy who, of course, has spent a number of years in Southern California. He's a huge outdoorsman, loves surfing, you know, the beach, all that. And Alex, Alex a fellow was telling Kenny yesterday, like, and he's only been here a couple of weeks. He's already found, he's gone camping. He's gone hiking. Um, and, you know, I think again, he was slaying some big ones out at Lockport, too, on the water. It, it looked I mean, like. Sarah was saying, yeah, fishing and did that. 
And listen, if you're into fishing, that's a, a, a world-class place to go and try and uh, Dustin Bufflin loved this place for the same. Heck, we were just talking to a few of the, the media guys. Brock Lesnar, one of the biggest, you know, Brock sports. Lesnar. You can't just say Brock Lesnar. No, Lesner. that's true. You need the Paul Heyman. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, Brock Lesnar, you know, Minnesota, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. So, uh, but this, um, you know, for anybody, for guys that haven't been here before, Jets, new Jets, or some of the, the kids, uh, I imagine a day like today, and especially... You know, this is day three of on ice. I'm sure the legs are starting to feel a little heavy. Rick Bonus has been skating them hard the first two days. And, and from what we saw in the morning session today, that's continuing. So for the guys that are probably starting to feel it a bit, I'm sure a crowd like today and, you know, to be treated like rock stars uh, by the fans, that probably gives you a little extra giddy up in the step. You know who I think might like FanFest the best? Bones. Yeah. Like, okay, I saw Bones, and he's just so good with people in a one on one sense. I mean, this was in the afternoon session, I think it was right, maybe right before we were going on the air yesterday. And there was just a couple kids that were just kind of sitting there watching the guys that were coming all over, uh, you know, on the way. And, and then there was Bones, and he sat there and sat there and talked to the kid, did the pet on the hat, yeah. and said, uh, Oh, hey, you got your skates? You got your skates? We, we need a guy right now. We just had a little fun with them. And, I mean, he is, um, listen, he's been around long enough. He, he understands what the sort of support that this team gets from the community and how yeah. important it is. Um, and I think really leans into it. And that's sort of a, uh, listen, it's a great leader to have on a bench for a team. When, um, But I think, you know, to be honest, when you look at guys like Adam Lowry and Josh Morrissey and this team is, leaned into these sort of opportunities they don't come out very often right um and you know you really want that i'm sure both from a fan's perspective from an organizational perspective perspective to have buy-in because to be honest with you um i'm not going to say that this is the case in previous years or anything like that but different teams have different level of buy-in for this sort of stuff and uh I think the Winnipeg Jets are in a good place right now because of that. And I think Bones actually is a big part of it. Agreed. And good segue, Huss, into a piece that I wrote yesterday, which honestly is one of my favorite stories I've been able to do in a while on the Jets beat. And, um, you know, I, I sort of took the idea. Mike Babcock's been in the news, obviously, and <laughs> what he did, you know, completely tone deaf, you name it, on how he tried to, quote, connect with his players. The guy completely whipped. He's a sociopath, man. He is. And the idea of peeping at their phones with the idea of establishing a connection when really it was just a power trip. Um, But, you know, it struck me like Mike Babcock's old school, but Rick Bonus is really old school. Like, he's been around forever. And yet... You know, I've heard it. I remember uh, we were in Dallas last year prior to Jets' first game of the year. Rick was, he had COVID, so he wasn't there for his homecoming. And I was having a conversation with Tyler Sagan, who actually refers to Rick as a father figure. Uh, And, you know, he talked about Rick being a guy that just the way he can connect with veterans all the way down to rookies and some of the things he does like taking guys out for beers which Tyler Sagan said you don't see a lot of coaches do that uh, Morgan Barron I remember him 
talking last year about Rick inviting him to come play golf in Nova Scotia last summer. Um, you hear it from players about Rick just checking in during the summer with calls and texts. So yesterday, I actually got a little bit of one-on-one -on -one time with Rick Bonus, with Morgan Barron, with Dylan DeMello. And all of them, you know, talked about why it's so important that Rick does that. And a guy like Dylan DeMello summed it up perfectly. As Rick himself said earlier this week, he's not here to win a popularity contest. Um, we know he will hold feet to the fire. Look at the way he called his guys out <laughs> after the Vegas game. He stripped Blake Wheeler of the cat. Like, he's not afraid to kind of go into the corners, elbows up, and... and do the, the tough things. At the same time, as Dylan DeMello said, he does it in a way that you can't help but really respect the guy and kind of want to go to battle for him. Um, I think Dylan DeMello said it best. You know with Bones, it, it comes from the right place. And, you know, Rick himself said to me yesterday, I view a hockey team as a family. And he said, it's important to me to get to know my family. And that that's these family members, my players, but it's actually, it's their families as well. And so Rick will do things like send a happy birthday text to a player or a spouse. When a player has a baby, he'll call to see how, you know, new child and spouse hey, are hey, doing. Well, we're talking about that. How long do you think was the cooling off period at the end of last season? <laughs> there might have been before, yeah. before the tax and calls. Sort of I'm guessing there might have been a little bit of a grace period there, where uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and look, I mean, Rick Rick said the other day that you know four that's four and a half months ago that's dealt with, and I believe him because I'm sure there was a cooling off. But what we do know in talking to a bunch of players already this week, Rick bonus did reach out and, and not just once or twice multiple times with really all his players and another thing you know Dylan DeMello said to me is and this is a guy who's been in the league almost a decade he said you'll see coaches have kind of connections with some players but he said usually it's just the stars and Dylan DeMello said I'm not a star he's talking about himself and yet Rick always calls to check and and not just check but he wants to know what I think about certain things and he said you know we're all hockey people we all have hockey minds and the fact that Rick's willing to listen uh, to all of us is it's it's welcoming so I think you're right to your point that Rick loves an event like this because that's just who he is it's not it, it, it's not fake he's genuinely uh, a good human being uh, and so a day like today, I'm sure, is pretty special for him. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's a lot of guys, uh, you know, in management roles, in coaching roles, in player roles that, to be honest, don't want to <laughs> do things like this. Um, Bones, though, I mean, he leans into it and, uh, and makes those moments, as brief as they are with fans, pretty special. And it's been cool to see how many some of the others. I mean, obviously, Nate Schmidt at the top of that list. I mean, yeah. he's, he's the ultimate when it comes yes. in. What have you seen? I mean, you've been in around it. You were trying to get through here, yeah. um, you know, to come in here. Um, just before we talk about the on the ice, off the ice, did you see a bunch of the uh, the players? I mean, I think guys have been all over the place signing autographs yeah. and taking pictures and selfies. and. Yeah, there's. I was in the, and you were, I know, in the room as well uh, late this morning after the, the morning session. And uh, 
you know, just talking to Josh Morrissey for a few minutes, like he was pumped about the crowd and the excitement level here. And, you know, players know that they're about to start playing some preseason games starting tomorrow. Um, you know, training camp can feel like a, a bit of a grind, no question about it. So I think a day like today is... Uh, um, it just it has everybody kind of with a bit of a spring in their step and for sure those connections to the community look Huss, we know that the Jets themselves this summer have tried to reestablish those connections and I mean to be perfectly honest they have to because this market as Gary Bettman himself said when the Jets came back in 2011 and you know, to say that it needs a sellout every night, like maybe that was a little hyperbolic. But the fact is the Jets do need a, a close to a packed building to compete, especially if the cap is going to go up as much. Yeah. So they've lost a little bit of that connection. Some of it for reasons they had no control over. Again, the pandemic. Some of it, though, I would suggest has been their own doing. Agreed. Maybe they took this market a little bit for granted after a while. And, and why wouldn't you? That for a decade, this team sold itself, win or lose. They knew they had a packed building, right? Well, now they got to put in a little more work. Uh, a day like today goes a long way towards, you know, and, and I go back again to the summer and to see the Rucker McGrorities and the Colby Barlows and the way those guys embraced this. Uh, the future's bright. Yeah, assuming and those guys can play, they're picking the right type of guys for to come sure. in. And I think, you know, certainly a big part of the, the choice, and again, a difficult choice as we've talked about for months of, between Josh and Adam as to who's going to be the captain. I don't think you could have gone wrong either way, but part of the reason why those guys weren't clearly the, the choices was, um, you know, a lot about the how they lead into it as well. Quickly, KWB, our boy Kenny's water bottle with a very nice super chat. Get yourself a Jets dog, Huss. You earned it for having a Saturday show. Hey, a little bit of extra work today. I mean, not like not like your namesake, Ken, who's taking the day off. I don't know where Ken is right now. What's the weather right now? Good I, union at the free press. You come right in, all of a sudden, you know what? Third day fan fest not coming here. I was joking, Kenny. It's probably not great golfing weather, so I don't know if oh. Kenny was able to get out today or not. Uh, I, I'm, tagging, uh, I'm tagging out after today, and I'll be off tomorrow. Kenny's back. In, okay, uh, okay. Well, he's so working Sunday. Just so a one day. He yeah. Gets, he gets one day off. And then we're both back at it on Monday, of course, when we get the first home game down at uh, Canada Life Center, which should be a lot of fun. Yeah, hard to believe, man. Like, I, I, through all of this, there's a freaking exhibition game tomorrow night in Edmonton. And if you were wondering where you can see it, it will be on the Jets platforms. I believe the website. Yeah. I would assume probably their YouTube channel as YouTube well. YouTube channel, but yeah. If you go to WinnipegJets.com, it will all be there. Um, you know, we're sort of in now into camp, and we'll have some more time to talk about this next week. But, uh, um, you know, without any hot takes and, uh, you know, this guy's great, this guy <laughs> sucks. Uh, what what is what has stood out to you about camp so far? And uh, certainly Bones making sure these guys are going to be in shape to start the season. For sure. The, the, the amount of skating. You know, to me, that's one of the early storylines is just the, the top 12, the four forward lines are almost seemingly set in stone at this point. Like, and I don't know that we've ever seen that before where you knew on day one, we, we joked about tweeting out the line combinations and yeah. how much you can read into them. When it comes to the forward lines, I think you can read 
everything into them. Now, Nikolai Ehlers, of course, unfortunately got neck spasms just a few minutes into his first skate. Uh, and he's not skating again today. This will be the second day that he's been entirely off the ice. Rick Bonus did say the other day there's nothing to be concerned long term. Uh, I suspect Nikolai Ehlers is not playing uh, tomorrow or probably Monday either. That being said, there's so much clarity, it would seem, to the forward lines that it's created a scenario where almost the only forward battle is like for the 13th spot. And I had a chat with David Gustafson this morning, who would certainly be one of the guys, yeah. one of the many. Uh, there's probably six or seven guys that are in a in a fight to be that. And obviously with injuries, I mean, that can you can move up. But the way Rick Bonus set his four lines to start, contrast that with what he's done on the blue line, where I think we can surmise who the, you know, what the top six probably is. And, but he's got, you know, Elias Salmonson with Josh Morrissey. He's got Brendan Dillon with Ty Bauer. Bauer. Hard not to, hard to not to watch, uh, watch <laughs> Bauer out there with Dillon. And, you know, you imagine what a defense pairing would be like, um, you know, like that going forward. And obviously, I think Bauer's still got some development. It would be a Brian, Brian Burke would enjoy watching those guys uh, play. Most but so, certainly. Um, whereas there's really no experimentation going on at forward. It's pretty cut and dry. Okay, here's our NHL guys, and here's our bubble guys. The D that's been more of a blend, um, and we'll probably see that in the first couple preseason games, but you know, it really, Rick Bonus had so many options on how he could configure these forward lines. It was interesting to see what he did off the hop. And of course, until we actually see them in game action, it's hard to get a read on these little drills, you know, what lines look like. I, I will say one guy that he's, he's popped out to me a little bit is Rasmus Kapari. He's a guy we, of course, haven't really seen. Tons of speed. Uh, has a really good shot. He had a couple uh, just wicked snipes uh, during this morning's skate. Bigger than I thought. Yeah, he is for sure. I mean, uh, not, a, not a you know a skyscraper or anything like that. But right, he, and he's a guy who does not shy away from contact at all. In fact, he he told me the other day he enjoys the physical element, and you know it's created a scenario, Huss. When you look at who these twelve forwards are. <laughs> There's the potential for all of them to be in double digits in goals. I mean, I'm talking even the fourth. Morgan, if Morgan Baron, Vlad Nemesikov, Rasmus Kapari, if that's your fourth line, there's some pop there. I mean, that's not just throwing three grinders yeah, yeah, out exactly. to eat up a few minutes a game. So, I mean, we knew this, this forward group was deep. I think now that we're kind of seeing it on the ice, we're, it's a reminder of how deep it is. And, you know, there's a lot of options for Rick Bonus. Um, so I think that, but, you know, just looking at camp as a whole, for sure, the amount of skating and a lot of battle drills are happening here. You know, yesterday, the intensity really picked up and it started with the captain. Adam Lowry was throwing the body and, you know, he, he had a couple thunderous checks. And I guess when your captain is doing that, it's it certainly everybody else wants to follow. People notice. You can see it ratchet up. And obviously guys aren't out here trying to hurt their teammates. At the same time, you don't want to just tiptoe into camp. I get the sense, and it goes back to what you've said before, Hus. I think there's a recognition of an importance, of an urgency 
to the situation and to how they start. This team knows that how the first couple months go is going to go a long way to it means everything answering a number of questions. It means everything this year, um, you know, as far as the direction that the team goes, the big decisions that need to be For made. Sure. And I mean, certainly, you know, if you're one of those guys that's a skater that, you know, wants to do everything you can to keep Connor Hellebuck around, go and have a great start. I can say, well, he's a big guy. I mean, I had a great, we'll play this just this week, but a great chat with Velarde today. And when I just sort of asked him about the team, he says, this is a hell of a good team. Yeah. I remember playing against them. He said to me straight up, because it, he thought that they were going to beat Vegas. He said, obviously, you lose Shifley and you lose uh, Morrissey, and the team was in a bit of a right. situation. And I mean, that series wasn't that close afterwards. But again, I guess it was. I mean, we think about that game that was 4-1. First well, double overtime. Right. I mean, an unfortunate play by Dylan Sandberg that you know ended up, and that was sort of a... They never recovered from that, um, you they know, did. obviously. And, and they were short-staffed, and at that point, Vegas grabbed the momentum. But you're right, Huss. Game one and even the first period of game two, I, I honestly thought through four periods the Jets were going to run the Golden Knights right out of the playoffs. Like, Dude, after, I mean, full disclosure, I'm out with a bunch of friends watching that game. And, you know, after the first game, we were like, wow, that's the best we've seen the Jets look at any point this season. After the first period of game two, I turned around, well, we might go 16-0. Like, like, it was that good. Now, unfortunately... Vegas woke up, and uh, certainly they had the pushback they that, did. Uh, to use a, uh, one of the words of 2023. We're going to see about that uh, about that coming up. Um, do we have uh, any idea about who's going to be making the trip tomorrow? Uh, like what sort of a lineup the Jets will be icing at Edmonton? Yeah, I mean, so we should get the official lineup later this afternoon. Uh, just going on how the Jets have usually approached this, normally they want to put a little more star power at home so I suspect we're going to probably see I, I, I'd be shocked if like the Shifley line is playing at Edmonton tomorrow I suspect they'll be playing on Monday here in Winnipeg same thing with Connor Hellebuck I expect Connor Hellebuck will be in net on Monday not tomorrow what wouldn't surprise me Huss and again I'm just speculating I, I, I'm guessing the Adam Lowry line, that might be the top line tomorrow in Edmonton. Adam Lowry, as, because he knows what his job is, he actually, some might call him a masochist for this, he enjoys, because the Jets usually do play in Edmonton every preseason, typically Adam Lowry wants that game because there's a good chance Connor McDavid is going to play for his home fans. Connor, I can assure you, Connor McDavid will not be playing here on Monday night. I don't think I'm going yeah, out on yeah. a limb. Uh, that he's not, he's said, not playing both ends of back-to-backs right. to yeah, the probably first week of not. preseason? Oh, uh, and I'm guessing the Oilers, they're going to take care of their fan base more than Winnipeg's fan base by having the game's best player uh, play in Winnipeg. That being said, Adam Lowry, I think he would be saying to Rick Bonus, if McDavid's playing, I want to play. Because Adam Lowry would want to match up. I mean, it's just the preseason, but that's hey, what you his... want. You want to practice shutting somebody Absolutely. down? <laughs> go up again. It's like it's like it's like going into a bar. Oh, you want to get some? You want to get some reps in? Go punch the biggest guy in the for face sure. And see what happens. Uh, so I I really wonder if um, the Lowry line and the Kapari, which is the fourth line, if those are actually the top two lines tomorrow that they send to Edmonton, and then on Monday maybe the Shifley and the Perfetti line. 
and then you fill out the roster so nobody's going to play back to back and then it's just your bubble guys are the third and fourth line tomorrow and more bubble guys and maybe some of the same bubble guys get both games because you really want to I suspect Hus, there's some players here whether it's David Gustafson Jansen Harkins they might get in as close to all six games because they want to see as much from those guys okay. as possible. Okay, Mike, let me ask you this, and this is definitely going to be the why not question of the day for a not autocorp waiver in the Gilvery throughout the week with our different guests, the local guys. <laughs> Who is the 13th forward? If, you're, if, if we're assuming the top yeah. 12 is the top 12, and we're doing a power poll for that spot on the roster. Where are you at right now before the preseason games have begun? Right. So let me, for, I'll, I'll answer it by first identifying the prime candidates, and then I'll, because I do have someone in mind. Uh, Axel Janssen Fialbi, clearly, a guy that once the Jets got him on waivers last year, he remained with the team, uh, and they re signed him this summer. So he's for sure a candidate. Dominic Toninato, for sure, a guy with obviously some NHL pedigree. Jeffrey Viel, a guy that nobody knows much about, but he's got NHL games. And 150 the Jeff- penalty minutes last year. And they the signed him on July 1. And Kevin Cheveldayoff, I remember that day, he made it sound like we're signing this guy to be on our NHL roster, not an AHL. So you, uh, Jansen Harkins, a guy that he would require waivers again. You could argue he's proven himself to be too good for the AHL, right? He was a point-of-game player. So, and David Gustafson, the Gus bus, um, those are, I would say those are your five prime candidates. Harkins, Gustafson, Toninato, Janssen, Fialbi, and Viel. Who gets your so, nod and, today? And likely only one is staying because if you're keeping Logan Stanley and... Declan Chisholm or Kyle Capobianco. If you're keeping 8D, you can only keep 13 forwards. That said, I do think David Gustafson is the most likely to be the 13th forward. Couple reasons. Number one, he's drafted and developed. Yes, Jansen Harkins is as well. Um, he can play center. He can kill penalties. I'm, and I also think, Huss, they know David Gustafson would likely not get through waivers. Those other guys, Dominic Toninato, Janssen Fialbi, Jeffrey Viel, and even maybe Jansen Harkins, I just think David Gustafson, because of his age uh, and maybe the fact he hasn't always had a full opportunity to... Uh, I think he's a guy, you know, he's, he was the Moose MVP two seasons ago. I just think Gustafson probably does have the inside edge, but it's uh, it's a battle. There's no question about it. Yeah, and, 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 you know, because of how deep the team is right now, uh, you know, and again, you know, the loss of, uh, of Dubois, you know, maybe makes the team a little less top-heavy. Right. But certainly I think 1-12, to 12, they're certainly a lot deeper, but there's a trickle-down effect That's how you that. win in this league. I mean, yeah, stars for, for sure. sure. The Jets still have some superstars, but depth is the name of the game, and as the season is, goes on. I mean, Cassidy was throwing his fourth line out to start all those for games. For sure. I mean, they had roles, and those guys got a, a big, a big, big part about it. You um, know, sorry, Huss, just to, to speak to the depth again, we, we're not even mentioning guys like Christian Reichel, 
Jeff Mallott. Reichel has looked great. But he has way. looked great. Brad Lambert and Chaz Lucius, who could very, like uh, Nikita Chibrikov, Henry Nikon, and Daniel Torgerson. I'll say this if all these guys can get through waivers that the Jets send out, the Moose could have a hell of a team. Yeah. Like we talk about the Jets' depth, the Moose forward depth. Uh, could be something to behold as well at the AHL level. Uh, yeah, obviously, well, following the goaltending battles, I mean, DiVincentis, I'm sure, will be back in the OHL this year. Um, but we'll see about Millage. Salmon and, yeah. Um, Delia. But hey, before we go, let me ask you about, um, because I've seen more of the, I can't remember which is Solani, which is Newman, <laughs> but the group with they keep Shifley, them, yeah. Shifley and Villardi and, Newman and Connor. So the Solani group is the one. What have you seen from uh, Cole so far? I know everyone's been paying attention. He's quicker. Cole Perfetti is definitely quicker. Uh, He talked with us uh, about the fact that that's something he worked on. Uh, He changed his training this summer. And, uh, um, you know, he, he obviously with the idea of trying to play as many, if not all, 82 games this season. And I think... You know, we're seeing that speed, that quickness. Maybe hasn't always been there. Cole Perfetti will never be Nikolai Ehlers. There's no question. Uh, he's never, he's never going to be a speed demon out there. But getting a little bit quicker to go with what we already know, Huss, is like an elite hockey IQ, hockey sense. The way he processes and reads the game is, is top notch. The fact that it looks like he's a little quicker and from everything he's told us, a little bit stronger, a little bit hopefully more durable, um, I, I think there's great potential for him in that center ice position. Now, unfortunately, again, we haven't really been able to see the full line with Niederreiter and Ehlers because Ehlers was only out for a few shifts and then they had uh, um, a placeholder in Jilkin yesterday. I haven't seen yet who's out as the placeholder today get over to that rink shortly. Um, But the fact is that 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 could be a really interesting second line. And Cole Perfetti, very excited uh, to get that first crack at the second line center job. And I think Cole Perfetti, based on everything we know about this kid, Huss, he's going to work his tail off to uh, to ensure that he, he remains in that position. Yeah, well, I, you know, that is certainly one of the big stories of training camp so far. And um, what happens with that line? Um, I mean, he's huge. And obviously, I mean, we had a great chat with Gabe uh, this morning. I think Gabe's feeling pretty good about the opportunity he's got playing with Shifley. Yeah, nice welcome to Winnipeg. Here's our 42-goal scorer from last year and the guy that almost scored 50 the year before. Have fun. He, he said Kyle Connor is one of the best, uh, maybe the best, like, offensive players that he's seen, like, in person, like, playing with yeah. right now. He was very, very complimentary. We'll have that for everybody on uh, on Monday's show. Um, so I guess that group's actually going out They just uh, hit the ice shortly. a few minutes ago, so we'll... I don't believe Nikolai Ehlers uh, is skating today. Um, so, yeah, we'll see who they've put in as a placeholder. Um, and, you know, what will be interesting to see, Haas, is if if the Perfetti line, let's say they play Monday, I'm guessing Nikolai Ehlers might not be ready to go yet. So someone's probably going to get a chance 
to maybe play with Perfetti and Niederreiter in at least one preseason game. Um, you know, it was Jilkin yesterday in that spot. Uh, but certainly, uh, you know, that's a line that I think the Jets will be counting on to, to, to do some offensive damage. And Cole Perfetti, if he can stay mobile and upright this season, he could be primed for a, a real big season for sure. Mike, uh, great stuff. Uh, what, uh, what are you and uh, the new improved wrecking crew of the free path coming up over the next few days? Well, Kenny's going to have uh, Game 1 coverage for us tomorrow. Not, uh, we're not in uh, Edmonton for this one. We'll be covering that remotely. But uh, I know Kenny had a great chat with, uh, with the Pionky Tonk man yesterday as well. Yes. Uh, and he had, you know, remember we talked so much about is Neil Pionk injured and, like, what's going on last year? And I always said he was healthy. Yeah. I, I don't want to give away Kenny's story, but I, I will say that Neil Pionk was pretty candid and pretty revealing in the one-on-one he had with Kenny yesterday about some of what was going on last season. So I know Kenny's got that uh, uh, coming up. Uh, and, yeah, we'll just keep uh, pumping out the features well, and the... The stories, I'm uh, looking forward to reading that because, as I mentioned to you on this pro, on, on our program and chats before, I'm not sure there's a, a player on this team that if they can, you know, raise their level of play and have a big ba- bounce back here, they can have more of effect on the success of the Jets than Neil Brown. In his role, he will be playing a lot. Um, and, and, you know, we saw him. He had seven points in five games in the playoffs. Yeah. He had a good last couple of weeks. He was terrific in that. The big issue was just some of the, the you know, the, the giveaways and turnovers and whatnot And earlier. I do think Huss, that's the one deep pair we can really read into. Dylan Sandberg has been with Neil Pionk all three days. I think you can put that one down in, in probably permanent ink. That's what's going to be Winnipeg's second pair to start. Good chance it's not Morrissey and Salmonson. It's probably Morrissey and DeMello. Um, DeMello's with Chisholm right now. Um, probably just to, again, give the kid a, a veteran presence. I expect it's going to be DeMello with Morrissey, Sandberg and Pionk, and then Dylan and probably Schmidt as your third pair. But you're right. If Neil Pionk... Look, if Rick Bonus. You know, he was a bit of the, the defense whisperer with Josh Morrissey last year, right? Before the year started, he said he told Josh, we're going to get you. You're going to be top 10 in Norris balloting this year. And Josh finished fifth. If Rick Bonus and staff could do some of that same work with Neil Pionk that they did with Josh Morrissey, then I agree. I think that could be a huge development for Winnipeg. No doubt about it. Mike, great stuff. Thanks for popping by. Great to see you. And uh, now you can go ne- negotiate the traffic <laughs> of fans. Uh, Looks like it's uh, yeah subsided in the lobby here a little bit. Everyone's in the rink. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what the rest of the day brings. But always good to chat. We'll see you uh, next week. Perfect. Hey, do me a favor when you walk out. Tell balls to rip over here. Right Thanks, Rod. He's just sitting there uh, waiting in the uh, in the bullpen as uh, as we go. Um, uh, if you're just jumping on, you're going, hey, what the heck are these guys doing on on Saturday? Uh, just a little impromptu live from Jets Fan Fest edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, really nice of Mike to uh, Mike to jump on with us. And uh, as I said, Kyle Ball Harry's going to jump on with us right away. He um, uh, the uh, I'm just going to get a little taste of what they've got planning for the upcoming 
part of the uh, part of coming the season. Now Mike's got to go yeah. find balls. Uh, you had a visitor while uh, you came in. Yeah, uh, my pretty, son. Pretty excited. Uh, pretty excited. Remus crew. My son Evan came, and uh, my wife. I don't know. She wasn't thinking. She didn't put him in his any Jets gear. He's wearing a black hoodie. <laughs> she didn't realize it was Jets fan fest. <laughs> He's here. He saw one of his friends. He's got a Jets t-shirt on. She's like, oh, I should have put him in Jets gear. I'm so... I didn't think about it. I'm just, I guess, you know, we got two kids. Uh, you're worried about getting everything done. And <laughs> pretty pretty funny. So uh, nice to see him. There are a lot of bouncy castles here for kids. It's great talking to Mike. Speaking of Mike, I need to read this article. Ken's one-on-one with Neil Pionk. No doubt. Um, I know I'm not on camera, by the way. We're waiting for balls to step in. But... Um, this one on Neil Pionk, because I said last year, Neil Pionk needs to have a big season. Uh, you know, he was injured the year before, and he thought it was going to happen, and it didn't. And then this past year, you know, you, you didn't see Neil Pionk at his best. He did have his maybe the best game of his life in that playoff game where Josh Morsey got hurt. But yeah. I need to read that, because we thought there was something going on, and you asked him at the end of the year, he's like, no, it's just normal bumps and bruises. Yeah. But you knew there was more. Other teams were revealing... Full injuries. The Jets declined yeah, to. That was that so, was actually a little and, weird. And it kind of bothered me that they didn't. So I want to read this. Thank you, Ken, for getting into that. Now I'll, I'll shut up and balls can come in. Right on, balls. And what an entrance that, that, that what an entrance that was. Now we've got you. What an entrance that was. Throwing the WST sticker on your forehead. That was one of those ones not in. Mike did a good job. Can you hear me, though? I mean, I can hear you not through the microphone. Oh, there we go. That, Rebus, that, you've done it. Yes. You've and, done it. Okay, Mike, I think Mike just powered through the whole time. He, yeah. he pointed something. I was like, you good? He's like, yeah, I'm good. But like, I'm a great communicator. It you wasn't know, plugged in all the way. Reading. I could have read your guys' lips, but I, this is much better now, it for sure. Oh, Mike, enough. why didn't he, he say anything? He's uh, so, such a nice guy. You know, professional. He's a great professional. Uh, full introductions. Uh, our good friend Kyle Ballhari, director of Game Ops for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, this seems like a big success for the organization today. A great turnout. The vibes are good around the uh, around the iceplex or the excuse me, the hockey for all center. I, absolutely, and I mean, you know what? It's um, we put these events on every year, and I, and, I, and I, it's awesome because there's way more people here this year. Not that we haven't had great turnouts in the past, but you know, it's a long summer. Um, there's you know ups and downs of the season, and then you come out here to FanFest, and you realize that the spirit of hockey, and the spirit of the game, and the spirit of being Winnipeggers and community and supporting your team is, it's rocking. Like it's there's smiles everywhere. There's young. There's old. There's you know traditional fans. There's new fans. Um, you know we have tons of new Canadians here this year that we haven't had in other years. It's been it's been amazing. You know I'm glad you mentioned that because. Um, not only did it stand out to me, and, and to be honest, we're seeing more and more of a diverse crew of people that are listening to our program, like the people that have come uh, around here, and, and I'm not sure, I mean, listen, Winnipeg has changed, you know, over even the time when we were starting out with the Moose. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, the, our, our city, the demographics have changed, but I'll tell you what, there has been, um, you know, it, it's been awesome to see, I mean, folks from the, and I mean, I, particularly what has stood out to me. It's the folks from the Filipino community and the South Asian community yeah. that were uh, part of the, uh, you know, the Knights last year. And Absolutely. Listen, I, I, listen, there were obviously tons of fans from those communities beforehand, but I'm not sure whether that little bit more of outreach has uh, maybe got some more people to say, hey, I'm going to make FanFest a part of our schedule and uh, 
and, you know, and get ready for the, for the upcoming season. And that really is what this is about. I mean, it's the one time all year you really have the opportunity to get the team and the players in this sort of an environment where they've got a little bit more time to sign some autographs and take some pictures and, and, and do all of that. But the other part of it is that it gives the chance for the fans to kind of realize, okay, hockey season's back. You can, you know, a really unique opportunity to take advantage of some of the cool things you've done. But realize that I still can't believe you got an exhibition game tomorrow night. Home game on Monday. Hope you got the script ready. It's ready. Uh, and then we're going to be playing hockey for real coming up in just a couple weeks. So uh, it's, sure. it's time to go. Well, and you know, I mean, it's, it's awesome that we're... We're taking an extra step here, I think, to invite people to a, an event because, you know, hockey has started. The, the, the season is here. The fever is here. People across the city and the province are taking their kids to hockey tryouts. Like, new skates have been bought. New sticks have been bought. Like, there's, it's hockey season. And I think an event like this, you know, just, just allows everyone to, to all of a sudden realize, holy cow, hockey is back. And the summer's, you know, not officially over. Well, I guess summer's over, but, but fall is here. But as far as I know, ever since I've been a kid living in Winnipeg, uh, when the weather turns, it's time for hockey, and, and I think that's what we're feeling here today. Just the overall excitement for our team, uh, for the Moose, for the Jets, uh, and just for hockey and, and the spirit overall in the city. Here we are, the new third jersey, and uh, obviously you go way back to the Moose days. This, uh, you know, a lot of it, I mean, Mark spoke to it, that connection with the 1948 yeah. RCIF, RCAF Olympic champions when the team became the Winnipeg Jets, really leaned on that 2008 Moose jersey. Um, and I know they did a very similar one, 21-22, with the Angry Moose on yeah. it. Uh, but, um, you know, certainly here, a lot of people have been loving it. Like anything on social media, it's either people love it or people can't stand it. Um, but the reaction was quite good. I know a lot of people, the timing was great. You watch the thing get done, you turn around, and they were getting rolled out into a Blackmore's portable store this afternoon. I know, right? And, you know, I, even being in the building for the jersey on Bell, you know, for the people that weren't here or didn't catch it online, there was a giant cheer from the crowd here when the players oh, yeah. came out and unveiled the jersey and we ran the ran the video and I mean connecting a jersey to something meaningful rather than just being a fashion piece it means a lot you know being able to connect it back to that RCAF team and you mentioned 2008 I remember when we wore the jersey there was just an avalanche of people that loved it and they thought it was so cool and, and ever since oh. we've worn it quite frankly back then I think a lot of us that have been around that long have been maybe waiting for the day that this broke out yeah um, there's no doubt I mean I think back to and I guess at that time, I had just sort of moved on and was doing the Hockey Canada stuff and finishing out after the 07 World Women's. I was still close enough to the team to, you know, realize, like, of the, the different ones that the Moose had done. And I, yeah. I have to think that was the most popular alternate jersey the Moose had done. And certainly it had some legs. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, it was sort of the inspiration for the initial Winnipeg Jets jersey. And not... Uh, and I know you're a big old school hockey guy. What do you think of the brown gloves? They're the, amazing, uh, right? And I, you know, I think there's, uh, I think some of our other players, maybe some goalies, might be participating in some of the brown uh, equipment oh, potentially dude, too. That would be I can't great. guarantee that, but I've heard some rumblings that they might be getting into it as well. And I mean, we just saw that it's such a beautiful accent to it, and I mean. It pops, it's, and it's different, right? There's no other jerseys out there like it yeah. um, that any, any NHL team has won. And to connect it to the RCAF Flyers and, man, uh, connect it to the 100-year anniversary of the RCAF, yeah. like it just it, it, it works so well. 
Um, what uh, what do you have cooking coming up for? I mean, obviously the exhibition games. I guess is Wednesday the night with the uh, the season ticket holder appreciation night. Yep. So anything people should know about that one. There might be a few people like myself doing last minute ticket breaks. And, you know, at the end you're picking. I mean, people usually don't care which exhibition yeah. games they go to, but that might be the one to be at. Uh, give us a little uh, little taste of what's coming up on that Wednesday show. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting, right? Because it's the start of the season, and I mean, uh, you know, you got new videos. You You've got new players, you've got new headshots and you know a whole bunch of different things. It's not the regular season as we're gearing up for that, right? So some stuff won't exist in the preseason, but the fact of the matter is there's an NHL hockey game happening, and it's the Edmonton Oilers versus the Winnipeg Jets Monday night in Winnipeg, right? And I mean, to me, you know, after all the years of loving hockey and we've shared so many great memories together, the excitement of the yeah. game itself is still, for me, what yeah. gets me the most excited, right? No, but I mean, right? the season ticket holder game, yeah. the, uh, the one on the for Wednesday, sure. I think there is going to be some stuff that is not happening at the other games. Yeah, that's true, and I mean, we'll have some we'll have some offers for the season ticket holders there. We've got a season ticket holder singing the anthem. Uh, we had it last year, which was really cool. Young lady, and she's going to knock it out of the park on, on Monday night, or on uh, Wednesday night, sorry. Um, you know, I just overall, we're going to honor the season ticket members. We'll have a bunch of giveaways. It's kind of like our fan appreciation night that yeah. we have later in the year, but this one is specifically for our season ticket members and thank them for all their you know, their dedication and, and gearing up for another amazing season here. Yeah, so two games this week, Monday night, like 48, 48 54 hours away. I don't know do the math. 50, 52. Um, so something at 48 plus, whatever it is for now until 7. Uh, for game number one at home, that's the game against Edmonton and against the back-to-back Sunday night. Tomorrow, 5 p.m., the game is going to be on uh, winnipegjets.com. If you want to watch the game tomorrow night, then home game on Monday. Home game on Wednesday. That's that season ticket holder appreciation game. And then uh, one more game the following week. And then it's uh, time to get up to Calgary to uh, fire it up. And then home opener afternoon game, 3 p.m., Florida Panthers and our old pal Paul Maurice coming in after their run to the Stanley Cup Finals. Don't forget about Kevin Stenlin. Yeah, Stanley. Hey, you know I'm a big Stanley guy. Tribute video, Stanley? Yeah, yeah. What, how long is that tribute video going to be? You better get the proper... <laughs> He did have two. Didn't he have two in one game? Well, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing, right? Because um, I think if you play for the Winnipeg Jets, you're always a Winnipeg Jet, and you should always be welcome back here. And so traditionally, no matter how grand it is, right? We got Blake Wheeler coming back on the 30th. Oh yeah. Um, you can expect something pretty grand there for him. But you know, welcoming back someone like Kevin Stenlin, like maybe he only played one year, but he connected with a bunch of fans. You really liked him. Um, you know what? He spent a year in Winnipeg. He did community events. He he was able to get out. And and we always think it's worth. You know, maybe it's not a giant tribute video, but it's a little bit just to say thanks for your time here. What about uh, what about game number two against yeah. the Kings, which is the number first game <laughs> of the WST ticket pack? Uh, by the way, if you're maybe you don't normally catch the the shows during the week. We do have a four-game ticket pack. Great response from Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners. The first game is that game against the Kings. And I can tell you that our group in 316 and 317 might be less welcoming to one. (laughs) And by the way, Pierre-Luc Dubois is no longer Pierre-Luc Dubois. He now goes by P.L. Dubois. And he just preferred to be P.L. I don't know what it is. Yoel Armia, once he left here, and now Pierre-Luc. But anyways, go to winnipegsportstalk.com. There's a link there if you want to check it out and maybe get a couple seats with us. It's that Kings game. And then uh, McDavid and the Oilers in November. 
um, Leaf game Saturday night, which I believe might be one of the uh, alternate jersey nights. And then for uh, Thursday against Calgary in April, which should be a good one. So it's all there. Link in the description. Join us. Should be a lot of fun. And, hey, uh, back to the home opener for a quick second. I know that the goal songs were a big hit with a lot of fans yeah, last oh, year. I'm glad you reminded me. I wanted to ask you about this. Yes. Yeah, so um, from what I understand is a lot of the players are going to want new goal songs this year. Um, not that they didn't love last year, but they've had a year to think about it. And I think there's they, some that could have been much better, as we've told so you. So I think we might get a new batch. But this year, what we'll do is on opening night, when we're introducing all the players out of the Zam Tunnel one by one, you'll hear their goal song at that time, too. So, um, you know, it'll be the excitement of welcoming the player, but also hearing the goal I'm song so at that time. I'm so glad you dropped that, and I knew, Rico, you were going to be fired oh, up. Oh, man. The new goal. Okay, is Shifley changing his? Hustler complained about Shifley's uh, all, all the time. I mean. Listen, the name itself, like the greatest showman the name of the song is great the song itself bottom of the jets power pole for for, for goal songs so you can pass that on hopefully that'll be one of the ones that's changed I, I think last year they you know it was a new concept some of them maybe didn't fully understand how it would play out but now that they've seen it for a year they're like okay i gotta change my song yeah i, I need oh. something different right this is good. So, yeah. so, so who is, who isn't? I guess we'll have to wait and see for opening night. Well, for sure. So, uh, and again, get there early. Always a great show. Oh, and hey, we have the Plaza start. Party as well, starting at noon at the home opener. So noon Beautiful. at True North Square, 2 till 2.30, food and beverage, bands, DJs, giveaways, all out on the Plaza Party. 12 till 2.30. 12 till 2.30. Yeah. Sorry. What did I say? I said 2 till 2.30. Oh. <laughs> 12 till 2.30, yes. <laughs> And then game time's at 3 with warm-up starting at 2.30. Uh, awesome. Well, uh, listen, uh, shout-out to the staff. I mean, it was all hands on deck today, um, not only amongst management, but, I mean, it seems pretty much everyone from the org was here today pull on the rope in some ways. And uh, listen, Why, and you guys the, were here, too. The turnout, I mean, it was fun to be a part of it. I mean, yeah. uh, what, what would we call it? Brand activation? Yeah, this is, a real, this is our first real brand activation. It's a, it's a marketing term. It's a marketing term. I think term. it's great, man, because, you know, um, and we've done it at our Jetstown takeovers or whatever it might be. You know, there's, you know, our city, our province gets hung up a lot, of course, on the wins and losses and the emotion rides pretty high. But then you come out here and see the actual faces of the kids and the people that love the team and what it means for them to support and be a part of something. Feel that, you know, they see a friend wearing a jersey. They see a, you know, a teacher and, and, and it connects people together. And, I, and, and I'm so happy you guys are here. I'm happy that the other folks were here in the media as well because you don't maybe get to see the joy of what hockey brings and the team brings right in front because everyone's so worried about the wins and losses which is cool but you know you see the heart of the game and you see this little girl here wearing this jersey and you realize that she loves the Jets and, and she's going to love them forever you know and they're, they're, they're fired up in the bouncy castle and everything else here um, you had such an amazing intro do you want to put this back on your forehead to leave or forehead <laughs> There you go, our friend Kyle Mulherry. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, buddy. Uh, Thanks, bud. Hey, good luck uh, with the season. I know this is a busy time for everyone in your it's department busy. right it's now. Busy. And uh, well, we'll be talking about those goal songs. That'll be an extra great reason to get out to that home opener. For sure. And it's all worth it, Huss, right? You feel it every day, too. It's all worth it. It's all Dude, it's all worth having the, the, the love and the excitement. And uh, the fact that we've got an NHL hockey game on Monday night still thrills me to this day. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to it. We'll be there for game number one right through until uh, 82, never mind the preseason. Thanks for doing this, and uh, have a great rest of the day. Thanks, you guys. I really appreciate it. There's, Thank you. There's Kyle Ball Harry, your uh, 
good pal, director of Game Ops for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Remo, uh, this has been fun. I, I, by the way, we've got to give a shout out to everybody in the in the chat. I know I was sort of doing this just now, but uh, that was one heck of a uh, of a turnout right now to everyone that uh, that joined us. Just looking at it. Oh, there's out there's out T Conapoli. Shout out Bones, Joe from Winnipeg. Ballsy is a great guy. He is a beaut. Great stuff. Geez, balls, you're getting a lot of love in the chat from the WS tiers. And the uh, we go way back, and is uh, you know you can feel that sort of passion for uh, you know for uh, the gig, for the uh, for the job, and just the uh, no, listen the, the, the what this team means to the community. Um, and Remus, congratulations for having like the only kid in this entire place no, uh, without a Jets uh, jet shirt or something. I, I thought it was implied that my wife would put him in his jersey. <laughs> He's got a couple jerseys, a uh, couple jerseys as well. He's wearing a Marvin the Martian black hoodie. <laughs> Maybe the only one, only one here. He's a nice hat though. He's got a nice oh, lid. Yeah, it's hard to find. One thing I've noticed, really hard to find like good always good to me hats for children who aren't an infant and are not like seven nice so he's four what, what was the hat I just it was, saw it, was it was a air was jordan it was the jordan logo oh the sick wow. hat yeah that was took wow. me forever to find it <laughs> listen the jordan people have known how to squeeze parents for a lot oh. of money for things for a long time i'm not surprised at all that you got caught up in that racket very early in your parents man there, there's jordan there's so much kids jordan <laughs> stuff so that's pretty good but yeah and they have no clue either but you guys hey my cool my kid's cool look at look at this jordan slope. he's got a si sick jordan hat so uh i mean this is awesome being here uh a lot of people coming us coming up to us saying hi uh, checking out what we're doing as i said i mean kissing babies signing kissing autographs babies. taking photos oh. i mean just uh this another day i see evans the shoes he's the shoes coming. are off and uh and that is a nice marvel and the hat's off too here, do you want to come? That's off tier. Evan, you want to come say hi? Here, I'll take him. Special, special guest appearance. What? Oh, his socks got all wet. The floors are so wet here. What a way to, uh, here, you can just sit back here a little bit. Sure, we'll uh, sit back. We'll get down. Evan, Evan you want pop to say on. Hi? Pop on for a give, give a wave to the camera. See everybody. There it is. See, you know what? That's, that's what it's all about. Fan Fest. Yeah. Even uh, even Reem Jr. is here. Obviously, Leah. What? Um, don't you have two kids? What happened to? Uh, yeah, she's Sadie. Uh, no, no, not here. Hey, she's you're Bob and Chef. Yeah, she's oh, too young. Okay, there we she's go. Young. There we go. Nicely done. She's in, Evan, you having fun here? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you go in? Bouncy Castle. Yeah. Yeah. Very good time. Did you see that? Did you see the Jets out on the ice? No, he's here for the. You're here for the Bouncy Castle. Yeah. What about food? You have any food here? Nothing yet. I think they sold out of hot dogs. So, oh, there. he starts skating lessons again uh, next month. So it's exciting, right? You excited to start skating again? Get the blades back on. Oh, look at this special guest star of uh, of the show, <laughs> Evan. And uh, and you, the Marvin the Martian shirt. I mean, he was regretting you not wearing one of your Jets jerseys, but uh, still a pretty good look today. <laughs> here, I'll put him. In. Who's that, Marv? What do you got? What shirt do you have underneath here? What's this one? Got to reveal. Oh, it's a Hot Wheels. Yeah, Hot Wheels number two. <laughs> Everyone loves the Hot Wheels. Um, definitely, very much worthwhile being out here. Um, and again, just being able to connect with everyone and uh, feel the good vibes heading into the preseason. I can't believe there's a game. 
That is crazy that there is a game. I'm here. I am gearing up for NFL, but uh, yes, Jets preseason five o'clock on what Jets YouTube or WinnipegJets.com. Yeah, WinnipegJets.com. And so and I can have that I was, open. I was bitching uh, about the fact that it's nine early games and three late games. It's perfect. And they knew. I'm not sure about the late games being that very good, um, but I'll tell you what. We'll have a game to watch, so we'll kind of be paying attention to that. And then I think there's a good night game tomorrow, isn't there? Is there? The, uh, oh, the NFL? I thought you talking about the night game like uh, NHL. You know that NHL preseason game yesterday? <laughs> a real preseason game. Dude, no game. kidding. That, I, I only knew about that because our boy Dennis Bernstein, of course he did, made the trip. Oh, yeah, Steelers-Raiders tomorrow night. Yeah. Wait a I, second. This is only showing two late games. Oh, oh. no, sorry, Chiefs. Yeah, you okay, well, the Chiefs are at 325. That's why even though they play the Bears. You know the Chiefs who used to be, like, I remember a season where they played 16 noon games. Really? Last week, their only noon game for the rest of the season. Oh, my so God. So they're going late. They're on they whatever. Give them the, the prime they're, they're TV the prime, slots. Prime game, and then obviously a bunch of prime they're gonna, games They're going to well. dominate tomorrow. Yeah, they should. But again, I don't, look, I know there are a lot of people who have come up and said, hey, are the Chiefs going to cover tomorrow? Uh, so many times they played teams that are completely out of their league and they just keep them in. Bears have been had like a completely disastrous week, so I don't know what to expect. But uh, if you're taking the Chiefs, do it at your peril. Survivor pool, no problem. Covering 12 and a half or 13, eh, I don't know. Um, that's going to do it for us, though. Uh, little impromptu pop-up. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. We, uh, I did get a chance to pop into the room and spend a good, I don't know, five, seven minutes with Gabriel Velarde about his uh, you know, first few days as a Winnipeg Jet. So we will have that for you on Monday's program, um, as well as a recap of the first road preseason game. And uh, hard to believe, man, that's going to be a game day show. First home preseason game is Monday night. Wow. So get we, ready for it, and uh, we'll get we'll be all over it on the show. Yeah, and we can recap Sunday's game, too. Talk NFL. We haven't even mentioned CFL. We'll start getting ready for Bombers-Argos. And uh, the Bombers, well, we've learned yesterday they're going to get a home playoff game. I mean, we kind of already knew that, but uh, BC won. It's and, official. And they're tied, and it just means so much more for that game where they go oh. head-to-head in a couple weeks. Just quickly before we go on a CFL note, if anybody watched the lock shop all week, I was all geared up to take the Elks plus seven and a half. The line moved to plus uh, six and a half. Okay. And so Dusty and I have been talking about this all week long. So I'm not sure if you caught the end of the game, but the Elks got it to six and then got the ball back. Well, they went three and zero, oh, and BC got the ball in their own zone. So basically, got to a third down. There was still about a minute or so left. So they kicked the field goal to go up nine. And I'm like, oh my god! I thought we had the backdoor cover. Well, Edmonton gets the ball back after the field goal. They go down to about center or so, center field, and then. Trey Ford ran and then went down with seven seconds left. <laughs> yeah. And Chris Jones pulled to Sean McVay and I, sent the field goal kicker out. And he missed and it. Dusty, he missed it. Yeah, but Dusty goes, wow, they're sending uh, they're sending whatever the kicker is, the uh, the teacup guy out, yeah. uh, out to kick the field goal. And, he, and Dusty in his classway goes, this is going to be important for some people watching this game. And I'm sitting there going, I cannot believe this is happening. After all the talk about McVeigh, Chris Jones is doing it. 
and then he missed the damn field goal. So uh, <laughs> it was great getting a few picks here with uh, with the gang. Um, but anyways, I appreciated Chris Jones going for that kick last night. Uh, and it's certainly, well, it's going to give us lots to talk about in the log shop. By the way, if you're looking for those NFL picks, yesterday's log shop is up on the Edmonton Sports Talk YouTube channel. Get on over there and check it up. Uh, well, should be a fun day tomorrow. NFL football, first Jets exhibition game, and then uh, Remo first game day show of the year on Monday. Great stuff. Uh, a big thanks to all of you that joined us for this quick uh, impromptu Saturday show. Shout out to the Illegal Curve guys who were here bright and early. We had a great, uh, great time with earlier today. And uh, especially thanks to everyone that came by, said hi, let us know that they're listening and uh, following the show here today at Winnipeg Jets Fan Fest. Uh, it's 2.11. We actually, how long has this show been on for? What's our time? We place? did an hour 15. This was awesome. Really? Uh, this was perfect. You know, we saw the jersey reveal. We wanted to wait until that. And then we had the jersey. I thought everyone was looking at us. They were looking at the jersey you hung in from our, from our sign yes. uh, behind here. So uh, this has been so much fun. Uh, people are coming. People seem to be, they can't really hear us, but they like that we're doing a show. Speaking of our guys, and here. you know what? Andrew from LaSalle. Yeah, what's up, OG, man? OG, OG. 1290 caller used to always drive Rick crazy when we'd bring him on at the end of the program and then he'd ask me if I was going to wrestling on Friday or something like that but um, he's an absolute beauty like so many of you are alright folks have a great uh, Saturday night enjoy your Sunday join us Monday 1pm for the latest from Jets training camp and get ready for preseason game number one at home for your Winnipeg Jets. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Thanks to all the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen every day and all of you for making us a part of yours. See you on Monday at 1. Have a great rest of the weekend. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.